were listening to an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts. Struck and now my soul's on fire. I'm a hostage of my own desire. Used to pride myself on self-control, but now something's got me in it. Hello, I'm Mike Nikolich, DJ at chirpradio.org. I'm sitting down with singer-songwriter Philip Michael Scales, who has a brand new LP out called Sinner Songwriter. Philip, you've been a busy man lately. What's going on? Uh, man, I just actually got back from, uh, well, let's start in August. <laughs> uh, I finished up a couple festivals in August. I went on tour with Crystal Bowersox for all of September, and then um, I went to uh, Paris, France. I just actually got back, and I did a promo tour over there, and so I... Uh, there's a record label called Dixie Frog Records who's putting out my new record, Sinner Songwriter. So they had me over there doing promo and taking photos and doing all that stuff. So I just got back the other day, went over to New York, played a gig, and uh, now I've been home for, for two days. And uh, I'll leave for Chicago on Monday. Philip, you have a great bluesy voice. Did you come by that style of singing naturally, or is it something you've had to work at? Well, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. You know, it's interesting. Um, I uh, actually got a call back for Hamilton in Chicago. It was interesting because when when they write a musical, whoever originates the part is how they, you know, is where the key of the song is. And so the part that I was auditioning for, I got the call back and they're like, all right, you got to sing this song. And there was a note there. The song's called, what did I miss? And I could, I could hit it, but I couldn't make it like do what I say, if that makes sense. I didn't feel like I had ownership over the note. And so needless to say, like I sent in my tape and, you know, it didn't go well. But what I realized in the process was, is like, I'm so competitive that like I started taking vocal lessons and, you know, I never, you know, I never actually, you know, re-auditioned or anything, but now I can hit that note. And what it actually did was it, it made my singing stronger. Um, and so I think there's a notable difference on the newer stuff from the older stuff. And I, and it, and so I, I take it as a blessing, uh, because, you know, the voice is one of those things you think, uh, or at least I thought was like, oh, well, that's just my voice. And so, you know, what's a vocal lesson for? I can hit the note. But what I realized was, you know, the vocal lessons ended up making me the best version of myself. And so that's what I'm always trying to give my crowd. That's really cool. Cause I saw a, a show not too long ago. I believe it was on CBS Sunday morning. They had an interview with a vocal coach who described singers as athletes, not as vocalists. She was training them to do exactly what you're speaking about. And this, they had this interview with this, this uh, vocalist who had just, I mean, he, he was up like two or three octaves from where he was, but the bigger thing is he could sustain these notes. And he was saying how it just changed what he's doing. It's really cool that you're doing that. Well, and I think the other thing that it adds to it is um, that it gives you a confidence. You know, I think that as a singer or as an artist in general, I think maybe Ira Glass talked about this. It's like your taste is here and then your 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 talent is down here. But like as an artist, the reason you have the impulse is because you have the good taste and you know where things could be. And so I think like as an artist, it's, you know, your job is just to mind the gap between the two of those things. And if you focus there, then you can really grow and you can really enjoy the process. But I think a lot of times we as artists get caught in the trap of like seeing 
where we could be or rather seeing where we're not and and obsessing there. And so for me, I just I just considered myself closing the gap a little bit. And as that gap got a little bit tighter, now I feel like, oh, okay, when I'm when I'm doing these records, I can think about emoting more. I can think about what I'm singing instead of worrying that I'm hitting every single note exactly the right way. Do you describe yourself as a guitarist, as a vocalist, or as a songwriter, or all three? Uh, I describe myself as an artist these days. You know, I, I I definitely do sing, you know, and I think that maybe after more of those uh, lessons, you know, I sort of definitely consider myself a singer. And I would say primarily probably a songwriter. It's interesting because I feel like those three elements are kind of what I'm always like. I'll always just start working on the weakest one, and then I'll get something else up and then, you know, something else falls to the bottom. So I keep kind of, you know, trying to do that. But, you know, um, my aunt was really good friends with B.B. King growing up uh, when I was growing up. And so I always called him my uncle and he always called me his nephew. And so when I was young, I always sort of ran away from like the blues guitar stuff because like one, who's going to do it better than he is Two, like, you know, the blues sort of has this element of needing to sort of understand or live some life in order to do it in a way that I feel like is authentic. And so for me, I just kind of ran that direction with all the rock and roll kids who were listening. You know, that's what they were listening to when I was growing up. And so all my friends were listening to rock and emo and Indian stuff. And so I went over there with those cats for a while and, and you know, eventually found like folk and Bright Eyes and Death Cab and Wilco. And so I, I honed my songwriting chops over there. So this iteration of Dive Bar Soul that I've got right now is kind of my return a bit back to those those blues roots, you know, because I think when we lost when we lost B.B. King, you know, I think sort of part of me was like, you know, you want to you want to honor the elders a little bit. So I've been working a little bit more on my guitar skills. You know, I've been, you know, borrowing little pieces and stepping out a little bit more. But uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't know if I yet call myself a guitar player per se. So tell me about the new LP, Sinner Songwriter. I love the name. Well, thanks, man. Did you record it down in Nashville or was it recorded somewhere else? Sinner Songwriter, I have an EP that I recorded in uh, Chicago at a, song, a place called, I think it's a million dollar yen or hundred, a million yen studio. But uh, we were, I was, I was tracking there with Quinn Kirchner. I don't know if you know him. He's a monster jazz drummer and just a monster musician in general. And so, you know, he was working on that record with me. And uh, so we had recorded a couple things over there. And so when the, the record label came to me and said, hey, we want a record, they were kind of interested in some songs that were sort of already out. And, you know, like I had mentioned with my voice earlier on, I wasn't quite pleased with exactly where my voice was on some of those older recordings. So I decided, you know what, like, let me open these back up and sort of, you know, take all this new knowledge I've learned and applied it to these records. And so, you know, some sessions were from my time in LA, some sessions were from my time in Chicago, and then some were just brand new. And uh, my partner at the time and I were living in a tiny little cabin in, in Wisconsin, like just closer to, uh, you know, Duluth, Minnesota than anything else. So we were, I was up there and it was kind of like this, this cool process of me being able to record downstairs in the 
you know, mornings and, and evenings. So it ended up being sort of a nine to five job. And then I had uh, pr- two producers in Nashville who were sort of helping me out. So they'd mail me drums and then I'd record some guitar to those drums and then I'd record some bass. And then my buddy in LA would send me some lead guitar and my friend in North Carolina would lend some backup vocals. So it was a really collaborative process. And I think, I'm not completely sure, but I think almost every single one of my closest musical friends is on this record. Oh, hallelujah. I'm glad we came there sooner. Cause if younger me had met younger you, we would have this up and that's the truth. Philip Michael, congratulations on Oh Hallelujah. Last I looked, it's up to more than 268,000 plays on Spotify. So people obviously are taking notice. Wow. Okay. I was at like 250 last time I counted. So how many tracks wound up on Sinner Songwriter? And Philip Michael, do you have a favorite song you'd like to tell our listeners about from that LP? All right. So I got 14 track. Well, on the on the vinyl, only 13 would fit. Um, but on the CD, there's going to be 14. One of my favorites is actually a tune called So Long, Baby, Be Good. And I was reading this book by James Baldwin called Go Tell It on the Mountain. And there was this uh, flashback scene where this woman was dating this man and he was always kind of like this wry guy and he shows up and he doesn't show up for a date one day. And she was just like, well, where is he? And she gets mad and she goes to his house and she finds the police there. She, they take her down to the prison and he's all beaten up and bloody. And she says, what happened? And apparently he had seen three black guys running towards him on the train platform and some police officers chasing him and the police officers in you know the 40s or whatever took all four of them and they accused him of killing this man that he didn't kill. And so, you know, they kind of were both aware that it was the last time they were going to see each other. And so as he the cops were dragging her away from him, all he said was so long, baby, be good. So long, baby, be good. So long, my love. So long, baby, be good. Daddy ain't gonna be home when sure. They said I tried to kill a man. They said I tried to send his soul to hell. But I know I never seen them. That's why I'm sitting in this. You can find more information about Philip Michael Scales' new LP, Sinner's Songwriter, at philip-michael.net. For Chirp Radio, I'm Mike Nikolich. Thanks for listening. This has been an artist interview from Chirp Radio. You can find this and more interviews at chirpradio.org slash podcasts.